You're listening to the IBC Podcast, your international baseball career guide. Play ball! Now, here's your host, David Burns. Hey guys, welcome back, and it's episode number 46, and today I have a very inspirational story, one with Jazz Shergel. In case you haven't been following uh, my Facebook posts or the blog, Jazz is... Uh, a player that took his career over to Australia for the 2014-15 season. He contacted me back in September of 2014, which was a little late, and we were a little bit of a hurry to get him signed on somewhere. Um, but he was willing to pay his flight and work, uh, which often is the case in Australia, uh, playing in the second division. Many times the clubs set you up with a job and a host family, and you pay your flight over, and that's often the way it is. And uh, the good thing about that is if you were um, offered an opportunity to play in the Australian Baseball League, then you're not contractually obligated with the second division club and are free to move up. And that was the advice that I gave Jazz in September, and he went along with it. And sure enough, that's what happened. Next thing you know, he was playing for the Brisbane Bandits after he was only there two weeks. Uh, performed well and made it onto the uh, into the All-Star game as well and pitched on ESPN. So without further ado, let's get on with this inspirational story with Jazz Jurgle. He'll tell you the rest and uh, yeah, enjoy. This episode is sponsored by Sam Bat, the original Maple Bat Corporation. IBC is also the supplier in Europe for Sam Bat. So for any individual or team orders, please contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. Jazz, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, uh, if you can, if we can start by taking us back to um, basically where you, you know, where you played uh, ball in uh, uh, ball in college, and then post college, and where you were at in your career before you went overseas. Okay. Um, well, from out of high school here in Toronto, I went to a junior college in Chicago uh, called Sock Valley. I uh, went there for two years, and then after that, I. Uh, made my way over to Eastern New Mexico University, just on the border of Texas. Played there for four years. Um, did all right, you know. Um, obviously, got better each year. But my senior year, I felt you know my progression was going pretty well. Uh, after that season, I came back home. I played a summer here in the uh, IBL, uh, which was went. To, you know, I pitched well. Did all right. Um, felt like I could progress from there. Spent the winter working a lot on my game, on my body, you know, working out. And then uh, basically from there, decided, you know, I wanted to continue playing and pursue something in Australia. So I felt, you know, I felt like I was getting a lot better and I was, you know, wanted to see what the limit was. You know, the sky's really the limit. Yeah. If you can, so the Inter-County Baseball League is the, the IBL. Can you describe what what that league's all about um, as far as level of play or, or who's you know what what type of players typically in that league or where the, where their backgrounds are well that's it it's a, it's a very competitive league uh, the backgrounds of you know the players there ranges pretty or you know varies pretty large you know you have players that are just out of high school 17 18 year olds you know young kids but have a lot of talent working their way up. You have your uh, collegiate players, guys that are over in, in the state, it's a different schools, uh, coming back for the summer, playing. And then you have your guys that are just out of school and that are still trying to make it. You know, there's mm-hmm. uh, 
good following in that league. You know, you get a fair amount of scouts and whatnot. You know, there's quite a bit of talent. But then there's also, you know, the range of players, which I'd say is the majority of the league is made up of, of players that, you know, are past their actual, you know, they may have been drafted, may have been signed, made their way up. It's a lot of ex-pros and stuff like that. So it's a good range of players, good range of talent. You know, you get to really gauge where you stand amongst, you know, Toronto's finest or Canada's finest. And, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good league, good league. Okay, so you're playing in the IBL and you're thinking, okay, I, I want to – I want to make a jump. So, were you were you looking at indie ball in the states, or was that your first thought, or were you already? Did you go straight to over overseas baseball? Uh, well, I had played in the IBL, but prior to the season, I had tried some indie ball teams. You know, I went to a couple of tryouts here in the states, in Ohio, and whatnot for some indie ball teams. Um, you know, performed very well. Most of them I was sitting, you know, eighty-eight to ninety-one, good sinking fastball, and got a you know. A lot of good feedback from the, the managers and coaches and everything like that. But uh, it seemed like the biggest issue I was coming down was because I was Canadian, having to get a visa to play in the States. Mm-hmm. You know, basically down to they can get people with, you know, equal, maybe even a little less talent than me, but, you know, they wouldn't have to go through those issues of working with the borders. And, you know, I had a couple of my other Canadian friends that had very similar issues, you know, pretty much had contracts in hand, but then were taken away because of the visa issues. Mm-hmm. I eventually, you know, got in with the Quebec Capitals, which is in the Can-Am League, and spent spring training there. Uh, did extremely well over two weeks. I gave up you know, one earned run, pitched very, very well, but uh, ended up getting released because of my experience, you know, no pro experience. Mm-hmm. And that worked. Sad reality of it, but, you know, that's how I ended up in IBL. And, and basically from that, I, I felt I my talent level was high, and I wanted to see what I can, you know, achieve with that. Yeah, no, no doubt. That's a, a familiar story for sure. Um, so, so you you set your sights on Australia for um, winter, Canadian winters, uh, but there's summer ball, right. uh, and then that's when you signed up with the, the International Baseball Community website, hired our service, um, and. Uh, Basically, I, I'm, I'm sure I advised you at that point that if you pay your flight, then you're unrestricted. So if you were to get signed on in a state league, that also frees you up to potentially play in the ABL. Um, so that's pretty much how it went, is you were willing to pay your flight to uh, further your career. And you ended up with the Redcliffe Padres in the Brisbane or the Queensland State League, which is in Brisbane or based around Brisbane. So maybe we can start there. Maybe you can... T- uh, Tell us a little bit about your setup with with the Padres. Uh, in terms of, um, you know, was there any uh, income coming in? Were they able to to help you out financially uh, and host family and whatnot? Okay, uh, yeah, like you said, um, I asked for your services. You know, it's it quite late in the season. It's almost like a couple, two, three weeks yeah. before uh, the Australian season started up that I got in contact with you. Which you know, I was very surprising how quickly you worked, to tell you the truth. Um, yeah. But uh, it, you know, it we went over there. Uh, you know, put in contact with uh, Jeff Tezak, who was playing for the Padres at the time, and um, he was able to do a lot of the work with helping him get a, a host family and setting up, you know, living quarters, everything like that. Um, went over there. Uh, you know, they only play weekends, so Friday and Sunday. I was able to get a job at a, a local leagues club, basically as a doorman, welcoming people 
to the place. Mm-hmm. In, and in Australia, the minimum wage is uh, nearly $22, $23. So in, you know, yeah. the Australian dollar is equal to the Canadian dollar. So you can imagine, yeah. uh, I was, yeah. you know, making quite very good money working yeah. there. Cause I, you know, because... You know, you work over here in Canada, minimum wage is, what, $11, so, you yeah. know, it was definitely a big boost from there. So you had to get uh, the working visa prior to going over there, um, and did you have to pay that out of pocket, or did the club pay for that, or, or how much was I, it? I paid that out of pocket. It was um, very simple to get, really. I applied for it the very next morning. I had it in my email, ready to go. Okay. Um, it was only, it, it was a decent, it was about 350 I believe it was, 350 400 bucks. Yeah. About there. Um, but like I said, once I made it, once I was playing for the Padres and working at the league club, I was making a pretty good income, to tell you the truth. You know? Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So you're living in, in Brisbane, uh, and you're set up with a host family. Mm-hmm. And you're making decent money as a doorman, just standing there looking good and welcoming people, uh, and then playing ball on the weekend. So you're thinking, okay, this will be my life for the next five, six months, something like that. Um, and uh, so maybe you can take it from there. Uh, what was the, the the level of baseball like, and, and uh, what was your impression, your first impressions of the, uh, the Queensland State League? Okay. Well, let me take a step back for the um, sure. like you know that that wasn't really my plan. My plan the entire time was to play in the ADL with the Bandits. Mm-hmm. You know, the second I got over there, I was flooding flooding them with emails. Anyone I can find an email on the website, I was sending it. You know, but yeah, the the, the in the Queensland League itself, there was you know a very good like I said, same thing, range of competition. Um, you know, each team has you know the clear standout superstars and. You know, guys with great arms, great sticks, guys who had played in the minors or currently in the minor league system, you know, getting their work in and whatnot. So, you know, there was good competition, but at the same time, like I said, there's a, a range from the best to the worst kind of thing. So, you know, you can you can kind of pick it out, especially as a pitcher, you know, you know, where in the lineup you kind of have to get down and dirty and bring your best stuff. Yeah. So, like, overall, it was good competition, guys hustling, playing hard. Did you find it as challenging as the IBL or similar or? Uh, I'd say about similar. Similar, yeah. Because there's a range there as well, it sounds That's like. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, so, so you're sending out emails to ABL clubs across Australia. The Padres mm-hmm. are also aware of this too, knowing that you paid your way and you're not contractually obligated to, to stay with them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of the deal is is that since the ABL, I think, ends before the state league ends, that you would in a, you would come back to them in the end, even if you were if you were able to get on with an ABL club. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, that's exactly it. The the ABL season finished middle to end of February, yeah, and then the uh, Queensland League championships weren't until you know they just finished up last week, so late March. Yeah, and you got a good time back with them. Okay, and there's I guess there's no rules or regulations as to you need to play a certain amount of games for them throughout the season to qualify for the playoffs or, or anything like that. There there were rules, but you know they had obviously uh, different guidelines based on if you did play for the ABL or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, I did. Uh, by the time playoffs came around, I had I believe it was seven or eight starts under my belt for the Padres. So mm-hmm. that was more than enough. There's only certain inning limitation, like 10 innings throughout the season. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I was already in those standards. Okay, so so at some point you got you got the call from the Brisbane Bandits. So how did that come about? Well, like I said, I guess it was just a little bit of dumb luck as well as you know being at the right place at the right time. Uh, because I had been sending out all these emails, I wasn't really getting any responses, but I knew you know these have to be people's emails. They must be reading this, you know. So yeah. uh, we played uh, one weekend against a team in Pine Hills where there's player Mitch Nielsen. And basically how it works is the, the, the Nielsen family is pretty big in the baseball community throughout uh, Brisbane. Uh, so Mitch Nielsen's father, uh, Gary Nielsen, was a pitching coach for the Bandits. And he had been at that game, got to see me throw. Um, I guess he liked what he saw. He told the organization. Um, and then that following week, they had a, a team, or uh, basically an, uh, a scrimmage set up between the Brisbane Bandits' current players and... Uh, Brisbane North All-Stars, so basically best players throughout the Queensland League. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, I went, got to the field, and uh, David Nielsen, the, the manager of the, the Brisbane Bandits, called me over, told me that you know Gary had seen me throw the prior weekend, and he'd want me throwing for his team uh, for this showcase game, I, I suppose. You know? um, so there, it was pretty much a tryout for me. Yeah. Uh, before I, you know, it was a, a scrimmage nine inning game, but I had a, a bullpen with the coaches watching and the manager and everything like that. So, you know, I threw it, did pretty well. Uh, and then the following weekend, we had a um, a game against the Windsor Royals, which is the 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 home field is the same as the Brisbane Bandits. Okay. So we, we pitched, or I had to pitch in that same stadium. And uh, same thing, David Nielsen was there. Uh, he was behind home plate the entire time I was pitching with a radar gun. Um, so, yeah, pitched well in that game as well. And then basically the ball got rolling from there. At that point, I believe they saw what they had to see and, you know, I, I performed to their expectations or levels. And, yeah, next weekend I had the contract. That's great. So, so you you achieved what you set out to do. You you signed on uh, with an ABL club. Um, that uh, you know, it, I, I'm pretty sure that they, even though you said it was kind of dumb luck, I think they they are keeping their eyes and ears open for any imports that are playing within the state league. And um, so that worked out pretty good. So, what what was that first experience like? So now you're playing in the ABL. You get your first start. Um, Probably playing in front of a you know a bigger crowd, uh, a little more pressure on you at this point because now you're getting paid to play, uh, and uh, you're now prof- you know, I guess more of a, a real professional player at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. Is uh, you know there's a lot of definitely a lot of different mixed emotions and feelings going through my head the day before the start, the morning of. Yeah. Um, but you know, but when I by the time I stepped on the mound to throw that first pitch, it's basically you know I got into the mode where this is what I've been doing my whole life. It's the same thing. Mm-hmm. I got to throw this ball at the glove, you know, kind of thing. So it was it was definitely before the game. There's a lot of things going through my head, you know, trying to get a really a fix on what is actually happening at that moment, you know. But like I said, once it, I'm sure like a lot of ball players, it's once you step in that batter's box, once you step on that mound, yes. Yeah. Same thing you've been doing your whole life. Yeah. 
This episode is sponsored by Sam Bat, the original Maple Bat Corporation. IBC is also the supplier in Europe for Sam Bat. So for any individual or team orders, please contact me at d.burns at baseballjobsoverseas.com. So maybe you can describe the level of competition that you were facing and, and how you dealt with that. That was uh, the biggest change from it was, you know, from IBL as well as the Queensland State League, you have a lot of good players throughout a lineup. So, you know, you know when you have to bear down, bring your best stuff, you know, three, four, five hitters. That was the biggest thing was in the ABL, you know, one through nine, you can't take a single batter off. You got to, you know, bring your A game to every single pitch, every single at bat, you know, and that was the biggest thing was just, you know, knowing these batters, knowing a little bit about their history and kind of knowing that you can't take a second off, a pitch off, a, a bat off, you know, because it could cut them right back and bite you. So that was the, the biggest thing for me was just having to keep continue that, you know, mental intensity and focus throughout an entire inning, throughout an entire game, you know, no matter how many innings you may be out there for. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, it, and the Australian players that are playing within the ABL as well. Um, what's your impression of them? Uh, uh, you know, pitchers, hitters. Uh, what's your impression of the Australian, the top Australian players that are playing within the ABL? Uh, there's definitely there's definitely a lot of talent, a lot of talent. You know, you see a lot of guys that can run, throw. Um, you know, we have guys like Ryan Searle, who's one of Australia's best pitchers. And we're just watching him throw this. You know, just another level because the ball just seems to explode out of his hand without any effort. You know, just seeing some of these guys and their talent, where they've been. You know, I got a chance to play with Trent Olchin, who's one of the best uh, Australian baseball baseball players I've ever played the game. Mm-hmm. You know, there's definitely a, a big um, talent base out there in Australia. It's a little, you know, a little scarce because there are other sports that are a little more popular over there, you know, with the cricket and the rugby and everything like that. But, you know, you can see that the popularity there is growing and there's a lot of big, a lot of skill level of baseball and throughout Australia. Yeah. And mm-hmm. as far as the foreign players within the ABL, are you facing guys that are, were playing uh, like former MLB guys or AAA guys that are, that are in the ABL? Oh yeah. Um, You know, the system, uh, but there are a lot of other guys. Uh, Dyson Koo, I got a chance to play with, who's a Korean legend, um, played in the big leagues for a couple of years. You know, is uh, hit a double off of Randy Johnson as a pitcher, which is his, you know, playing the fame kind of thing. But you know, the guy's been, he's 46 years old now, but yeah. still able to get guys out, you know. Um, the guys like Trent Olchin played in the big leagues. Um, you know, just even David Nielsen, the manager of the team, you know, he's an Australian player, uh, played with the Brewers for quite a while, made the all-star team as, as a, a catcher mm-hmm. in 1999, you know, and just hearing a lot of these guys' stories about playing for Australia as well in the national, or in the uh, Olympics and the national tournaments, you know, they, they came uh, second in 2000 Olympics, yeah, which was quite amazing. You know, really brought baseball onto the map throughout Australia because prior to that, people didn't really know too much about it. 
But no, it was, it was great to hear so a lot of these guys' stories, you know, where they've been, where they come from, how they made it, where they've been. Yeah. Yeah, it seems to be thriving right now, the ABL. I know that it was defunct for a while, and now it's back again. I think it's four years now it's been back, and it, it appears from the outside that it's doing well. Um, uh, what's your impression? Are, you know, are there, are there many fans coming out to games? Does baseball seem to be catching on a little more this time around for the ABL? Oh, it's de- definitely, definitely. You can tell that there's a, a huge fan base in uh, or throughout Australia for baseball, and it's definitely growing. Um, a, a lot of people I talked to say it had to had direct correlation between the they had the um, the the what was it the uh, Dodgers and the Diamondbacks play the opening series in mm-hmm. Australia at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Yeah. And that really brought a lot of attention to baseball throughout Australia because it was a, such a massive event. You know, they turned the Sydney Cricket Ground one of the most prestigious fields or uh, pitches throughout Australia into a baseball field. Had nearly 55,000 people at these games. So that, that brought a, a, a lot of attention to the game throughout the country. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. And, and I think they do a, a great job using social media and marketing the events as well, I've noticed. And there's a, the ABL TV. I got to catch a couple of your starts. Oh, and, yeah. and the Shurgle Shimmy, what they call it. So it looks like they used you a little bit as a poster boy, I, I think. Uh, um, the Shurgle Shimmy probably uh, was a, a cool marketing tool for them as well. Oh, wow. <laughs> so... so um, Maybe you could describe what the Shurgle Shimmy is to anyone that's listening. Uh, yeah, basically, I, honestly, I couldn't tell you exactly when it started. It just happened one day. Um, it's when I come set, as I uh, lower my hands, I kind of shake my shoulders a little bit to, I, I guess, in essence, relax my shoulders. I've always had a t- t- tendency of being very tight on the mound and mm-hmm. overthrowing the ball. So, you know, it's kind of a, a technique or tool that I use to kind of get myself in that mindset and that zone to be as loose as possible. Um, but it, it really took off, you know, the kids loved it. The kids, you know, yeah. all throughout Queensland, I had uh, some of the other bandits players that ran, you know, clinics on the south side of Brisbane and, you know, a couple hours away from where I live, but they had uh, pitching clinics and kids were doing the shimmy themselves, <laughs> throwing bullpens. So that, that was really great to hear and, you know, People sure. loved it. People didn't know what my real name was, but they knew I was Shimmy. You know, yeah, so. that's cool. You know that, and that's got to make you feel good too. So I, I did see. You know, I, I follow you on Facebook a little bit, and I did see that. You know, you're signing autographs and also working with kids, and so there's a little bit of stardom that goes along with it. So that must be, you know, a, a, a cool aspect of the whole gig. Yeah. Well, th- that's what you know. One of the main things, once I got to that level and saw that people were really appreciating what I was doing for the, the bandits, um, you know, you have to give back to the kids because that's what it's a game in the end of the day. So, I, you know, I made sure that I went out of my way to sign autographs, you know, went out of my way to give kids foul balls and, you know, shake hands and do all this, get involved because you know what, you don't know how long it's going to last. Might as well enjoy it while you're there and, you know, give back to the fans that are giving you the ability to play baseball at that level and from the under the lights. You know, with that kind of fan base. You know, yeah, for sure. Like, mm-hmm. No, I I agree a hundred percent. And I think whether you're playing in the ABL or the state league, I think you need to come in with that mindset that you're there as an ambassador of the game. And um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, whether they're paying your full way or or they're help helping you know providing a host family only or whatever the case is i feel like you need to come in and and do your part and uh, clubs always show that appreciation in return too and 
Um, and you know, again, they're, we're just helping grow the game globally and, and you're doing your part. So it's a good job there. And, and it was, you know, fun to follow and watch and, and see you out there having fun with the kids and, and doing your thing and doing the touristy thing as well. Uh, you got to see a lot of Australia, especially traveling, uh, with an ABL club. So, so what was that like? What was the schedule like? And, um, you know, uh, um, how often were you on the road and what were some of your experiences there? Uh, so basically, it was every other weekend you'd switch from home to away. So you know you play a home games or a home series, uh, which would be Thursday through Sunday, four games, one game every day. Mm-hmm. And then the following weekend you'd travel to whatever destination it would be, whether uh, Melbourne, Adelaide, uh, Canberra, uh, Perth, and they're missing someone. Uh, Sydney. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, you're always traveling. It, was, it worked out quite nice. Um, flew Virgin Airlines all over the place. But, yeah, it was it definitely definitely a big experience. You know, you get to see the different parts of Australia. Um, really, the weather varies so much throughout the country. You know, in Brisbane, it was always boiling hot. Uh, you go places like Melbourne, you know, it's very windy, very cold. You go, you know, Perth, or Perth was an experience because... Is literally on the other side of Australia. It's a six-hour flight every time you go there or every time they come over. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was def- definitely uh, a, a good chance for me to see the country. Got to see a lot of the major cities, uh, major landmarks, you know. Uh, not Didn't get to do too much, you know, going out and seeing everything. But the fact that I got to go to these cities, got to see the, you know, downtown, the skyline, everything like that was definitely an experience in itself. Yes. Is there any particular city that you, you kind of wish that you had a little extra time to explore? One that stands out from the others? Yeah. Honestly, I'd say Melbourne. A lot of people told me, you know, it was a you know, good cultural center of Australia. I, we, did, we went there and didn't really get a, a, lot, a big chance because, you know, the, the field is a little far from the, uh, from the city. So didn't get a chance to actually go downtown and see anything. Um, I did, honestly, I wanted to see a lot more of Sydney and then got the chance, got traded to Sydney, so which gave me a chance kind of to see the city, see what it was all about, which was amazing. So, mm-hmm. that, you know, it turned out well, I guess, in that standpoint. Yeah, yeah, well, and we'll get to that as well, too. Um, maybe before we get there, you so you, you found some success and uh, you uh, early on you were, you know, you were one of the top yeah, at the top of the the charts there, as far as pitching is concerned, and uh, you managed to make your way on into the All Star game as well. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, uh, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and what it was like to, you know, to uh, be selected for the All Star game and uh, and how that experience was? Oh, for sure. Honestly, hands down, it was the greatest experience of my life up to this point. Um, just the whole race, you know, because I didn't get voted straight into the team. I was uh, the fan choice, so I had to be voted in as the last position on the world team, which is, you know, just in itself, be having this, you know, I got on the campaign trail right away, recruited my family, you know, they're all excited about it, you know, ended up um, with 60% of the total votes, which was unreal, you know, you have 12 other candidates, yeah. and I had 68% of the total, you know, I had almost 1,200 votes from people all over the country, all over the world pretty much you know it was just amazing to have that kind of following behind me um that much love and support from everyone you know going out of their way to get me you know make a kid's dream come true pretty much you know yeah so it was a it was an amazing ride um finally the voting ended surprisingly on my birthday so i couldn't ask for 
better birthday present, you know, yeah. made the All-Star team. Uh, two days later, flying out to Melbourne uh, with 10 of my teammates, you know, we had the most players in the All-Star game, mm-hmm. uh, get out there. And they treated you really, really well, you know, put us up in this very fancy hotel, you know. It's a little too fancy for me, but you know, yeah. I won't hear you complaining. Yeah, uh, you know, get to the field. You know, they have everything set up. Have a band on the field. Thousands of people are there a couple hours before the game. It's just you know, honestly, but the bet. My favorite part of the whole experience was just being on the field during batting practice with the rest of the world's team and kind of just walking around, talking to the different guys, where they come from. You know, their backstories. You know, you got guys from Germany, from Taiwan, from Japan. Everyone, you know, different styles, but you know, when, you, when you're on the baseball field, everyone speaks the same language. So yeah. it, was, it was definitely a great experience to meet so many different interesting people. Do, uh, do men, did many of the guys that you played with on the world team, did many of them find their way into the ABL the same, in the same fashion that you did? Oh, no, no, no. Every, every, most of those players had all been recruited from the teams themselves or yeah. invited over or, you know were told by their organizations they should come over to get their work in and everything like that. I was I was the only player that I can think of that was an international player uh, at that you know at the ABL that brought myself over. You know. Yeah, yeah. I think that's pretty pretty unlikely to maybe make it to the ABL All Star Game uh, in that fashion. But I think to make it in into the ABL uh, the same route you did is you know not that uncommon. So have you heard of any others that? that you know were playing in the state leagues one of the various state leagues and then made their way up oh yeah um, there's a couple guys in sydney that i played with um wes patterson who's from the states as well he paid his way over there played local club um same thing um steve gunner from he's a pitcher as well left-handed pitcher there's quite a few players but you know what the, the abl all-star game you know comes down to it's a popularity contest as well you know it's kind of where you've been you know you can sell what affiliate teams you're with and stuff like that so mm-hmm. you know because honestly at the end of the day you know it's, if it was just based on numbers i believe at that point in the season i was up there in the you know pitching categories you know i if i made the team without having to be voted on you know that's that's the main thing as i thought i want at that point i was you know I put up enough numbers that I deserved it, but at the same time, you know, you don't deserve anything in this world. Everything's got to be, you know, you got to work for everything, I guess, comes yeah. down to. Yeah, for but, sure. Yeah, I, I hear you. And I saw your numbers at that point during the, the voting, and, and uh, I believe you, yeah, you had a pretty low ERA and winning record, and and uh, I think one of the t- in the top five anyway in pitching. I can't really remember off the top of my head, but um, so how did that, so you got some work in the All-Star game. How did that go? Uh, yeah, it went well. I uh, just basically went out there, threw my fastball. It's a sinking fastball, so it kind of, you know, for one inning, I can get away with just throwing the fastball. Uh, it, was, it was a cold night, though, so it took me a while to get warmed up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I just went in there, threw strikes, let the batter swing it, and, you know, forced contact. Yeah, it was, it was an amazing experience walking out into that field, having so many, the fans, you know, you had the grandstands completely packed. Yeah. You have the side standing area completely packed uh, probably the most fan base I've ever pitched in front of you know you have Chris Singleton with David Nielsen you know behind home plate you can see them you know commentating the whole game you know ESPN everywhere you have cameras everywhere it's, it's definitely an experience but like I said same thing um, you, you have all these things going through your head prior to the game but 
second you step on that mound, it's just yeah. throw the ball at the globe. Well, that's pretty darn cool that you can say you've you, you yeah. know if if that was ends up being the highlight of your career, that's pretty 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 cool highlight to to pitch on ESPN. So, uh, but of course, uh, we're expecting to hear more from Jazz Shergill. So we'll we'll see where this story goes. Um, yes. But uh, so post All Star game, you come back to Brisbane, and then at what point did this trade come up, and and how did that come up? Uh, so it was uh, two weeks after the All-Star game, or a week and a half after the All-Star game. The, the following week, we played at home against Canberra. And then the following week after that, we were in Sydney. And uh, basically, it came out of nowhere for me. We were in Sydney. Um, I had a rough outing, the final game, game four. Uh, didn't pitch very well. You know, was a little upset at myself and everything. Uh, and then all of a sudden, uh, David Nielsen, the manager of the, the Bandits, comes up to me. And asked to you know talk to me on the side, and pretty much he says it straightforward. He's like, you know, he, he didn't didn't know how to say it to me, mm-hmm. but basically brought it out. He's uh, um, they have a basically comes down to the fact that you're only allowed to have five import players on the field at one time, mm-hmm. and uh, every time I had pitched, one of the other import position players would have to sit out. You know, in the starting lineup, there were five import players. So every time I pitched, one of them had to sit out, which in the main case would be C.J. Beatty, who's one of our best hitters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a player named Drew Naylor, who's a, you know, ex-AAA guy, ex-40-man roster, you know, um, did just have Tom John, but was, you know, through his recovery process and had been pitching club ball for the last couple of weeks. Uh, basically, he was coming back and they would, you know, go, at that point, they thought they were going to make it to the playoffs. Yeah. So like you know, going to playoffs, they'd like to have Drew Naylor in Australian pitching, so they can have the five-man rotation. Yeah, makes uh, sense. Sydney needed a new starter. They only had a three-man rotation, and you know, bullpen day on game four. So you know, basically came down to that was you know, you gotta stay with Brisbane, maybe have a position in the bullpen, but even then, I'm still an import player. So it yeah. was basically came down to you know, Numbers. Sydney needed a pitcher, yeah. and. Brisbane had an extra. Uh, I was pitching well and everything like that, which has got me, you know, why would you want to get rid of me when I'm pitching well for your team? But, you know, the other starters were, you know, a Taiwanese all-star, a Japanese all-star, guys that had, they had paid, you know, they had a lot invested in these players. You know, I was kind of, as bad as it sounds, disposable, I guess, in the terms, in a sense of it, but... Yeah, well, it does does come down to that a lot, too, you know. Uh, I, I guess... They probably weren't paying you as much. They probably didn't invest as much into you, uh, considering the route that you made it into the ABL. And uh, yeah, that's just unfortunate. But in the end, you got to, you know, live and see another part of Australia and play with another team and meet a bunch of new, new uh, teammates. So you know, I think in the end, it sounds like it turned oh, yeah. out okay. Definitely, definitely, and that, that's what you know it turned out well for me because it gave me a chance to kind of you know I lived in Sydney for a month got to see so much you know so much to do there they got so many landmarks and you know just it was just an amazing experience got to meet another group of people as much as I would you know I wanted to play with the band it's push through playoffs do all that but at the same time it's an experience you know like you don't know when which one's going to be your last game so might as well enjoy the ride you know yeah so it it was definitely you know I'm happy it all happened because it gave me a chance to especially the players in Sydney, Sydney's more of a, an older team. They have a lot more experience on the team, a lot of veterans. So I was able to pick their brains. We learned a lot in my time in Sydney. Learned a lot. 
Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great. And uh, so now, um, you know, your Australian adventure has come to an end. Like you spent another month back in the state league after the ABL finished or so. Um, and uh, and uh, for a little while you were thinking of maybe coming to Europe, but now you've decided to kind of take your uh, your career or your your yeah, maybe you could just explain what, what your thought process is right now with where you what you're trying to do with your career. Okay, yeah, well, uh, like we, we spoke earlier about it, I've, I've recently changed my arm slot. I've come to a more of a sidewinder arm slot to the side. Um, basically, it's becoming more of a specialized pitcher. Uh, something, you know, at this point, uh, I'm still, my dreams and aspirations are making to the big leagues, you know, but I'm also getting to that age where I kind of got to see where, you know, gauge where everything is. Um, but in my time in Sydney, I had worked with a lot with Dyson Koo. He's an amazing guy, you know, knows so much about the game. A very good ambassador for the game. Um, takes young players under his belt and teaches them, you know, the ways, the mechanical ways, what they're doing right, what they're doing wrong. Mm-hmm. And basically, right from day one, he kept on saying, uh, you know, I shouldn't be throwing over the top because I have, you know, broad shoulders. So every time I get over the top, I, I swing open, you know, mm-hmm. so it's pretty much impossible for me to consistently stay on top of the ball. Yeah. You know, he's like, you know, your natural arm slot is from a sidearm, you know, a sling a slot where you're with a rotation on the side. Um, so, you know, I know it's, it's, it's always a big thing when a pitcher, you know, they spend their whole life throwing one way and just decide to change. But, you know, from day one, it's just been very natural transition. You know, it's come very easy for me. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited and enjoying, you know, trying this new style. And, so, you know, so far I'm getting, you know, boxes of success and I'm learning every single start. Uh, but I believe I, I, out of this arm slot, I'm most effective in the bullpen, you yeah. know. So that's it. Yeah, that's the point when I was talking to you about possibly going through Europe, you know, it would be I have to be up to starter. But, you know, I feel like at this point if I want any – um, continued success in the future. It have to be in the bullpen from this new arm slot. Okay, so you're gonna you're gonna work on that over the course of this summer. Yeah. Um, and where are you gonna play? Uh, I have a couple um, indie ball tryouts set up here in the upcoming month. Um, the season starts a little later, so I'm gonna go give it a shot, see what what happens from it. Um, but I do have you know I'm talking to another team. There's a new league here, the ECBL, East Coast Baseball League. Which is just starting up, so I mean, worst case, I can fall back there or IBL, but just can keep on playing just for the love of the game, really. Yeah, definitely, and that's what we're all doing. And <laughs> I think that's the, the whole point of the website. You know, just keep playing as, as long as you can, and if you get to see some of the world while you're at it, then, then that's great. So I think you've done a great job, and I'm looking forward to, you know, following your career further. And, and uh, do you think we'll ever see Jazz Shergle back in Australia? Uh, you know what? I hope so. Like I said, these last six months have been the greatest time of my life. I've experienced so much, you know, achieved so many goals that I never thought were possible, you know. <laughs> All of it comes down to, you know, the your website. It just opened up so many doors for me, gave me that opportunity to, you know, reach for the moon and see what happens, you know. And like I said, it's just been such a great experience. Whatever happens from here on out, at least I can say, you know, I was able to do what I did in Australia and, yeah. Is, yeah. is definitely an amazing, amazing experience. I suggest to anyone that wants to continue playing baseball. Or, you know, like, it's a great league, so much to do, so much to see, and it's a great place to, to live. 
Yeah. And, yeah. And it was a great, great ride for me too, following you and living vicariously through you. So I <laughs> thank you for that. So, um, good. Well, thanks for your time, Jazz. And if, if uh, maybe to, to part ways here, if you can provide any advice for others looking to do the same, looking to try to work their way into the ABL, um, mm-hmm. if there's anything you can, any tip you can provide, uh, can you share that with us? Yeah, uh, main thing I'd say is just be relentless. You know, even if you send emails, you know, get you you have to pretty much sell yourself unless you're you know a minor league ball player, an affiliated ball player, something like that. You know, I know there's a lot of talent out there that just you know may have hit their stride late, something like that. But you know, it, anything is possible. It's just up to you. You know, put it in your own hand. You have to go out there and sell yourself at sometimes. You know, send emails as much as you can. Go through these websites. Whether they email you back or not, you know, they definitely get the emails and they read them, you know, it's as clear as day. So just sometimes you have to go out of your way, you have to push, you have to, you know, like I said, market and sell yourself. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. Only, only way you, people will know who you are. Excellent. Yeah, there's no doubt. So, uh, you know, Jazz, I, once again, thanks for your time and let's stay in touch and, you know, good luck with the new arm slot and I hope it works out for you and make sure to keep me posted. Oh, for sure. Thank you. And like I said, thanks for the opportunity of getting me out there to Australia. None of it would have been possible with you and your website, you know. Thanks. The great nice. service that you, you're giving to the baseball world. and you know. I appreciate that. Thanks. All people appreciate what you do. All right. Well, okay, Jazz. We'll, um, we'll stay in touch, buddy. And uh, once again, good luck. And I really want to hear, hear how this pans out for you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Take care, man. Take care. See ya. Well, if that doesn't make you want to get off your butt and and pay your way over to Australia, then I don't know what does. Save up your money, take on a second job, whatever you got to do to keep the dream alive. Uh, There's plenty of opportunities in Australia. There's six state leagues. There's the Western Australian State League. Uh, with the per- where the Perth Heat resides of the Australian Baseball League. And then we have uh, South Australia where the Adelaide Bite uh, play. Um, also, we have Victoria where the Melbourne Aces are, Queensland, Brisbane Bandits, and then uh, there's the New South Wales where Sydney Blues, where Jazz also ended up, and then Capital Territory where the Canberra, uh, Canberra Cavalry uh, play uh, for the ABL. So within each of those state leagues, there's a number of clubs that import some of them pay, you know, full expenses. Some of the, but I would say the majority of them probably require you to pay your flight. They set you up with a host family and a job. Um, occasionally, they'll throw a, f- a few bucks your way, and maybe you don't have to work. But I mean, when when the minimum wage is twenty two bucks an hour, then then uh, I don't see why you wouldn't work. Um, also, like you like uh, like. It was already touched on in the episode. If you pay your way over, then that just opens the door for you to play in the ABL. And like Jazz said, if you're persistent, then you might get that shot. Okay, but you also need to be realistic. Uh, you know, if if um, you haven't played minor league baseball or pro ball at some level, chances are pretty slim that you will get that nod. But and there are a number of guys competing, and everybody wants to get into the ABL. So you're not you wouldn't be the only one over there. Um, so uh, a coaching experience co- goes a long ways in Australia. In case you haven't listened to any previous podcast episodes, coaching experience is huge. If you're willing to work with youth or you have uh, a passion for working with youth, then uh, that's going to go a long ways. Uh, also, if you're a two-way player, you can pitch and hit. That's going to help you as well uh, break your way into the state leagues. Uh, from there, who knows? Uh, whatever whatever um, 
the local ABL club is looking for wherever there's a hole in their roster, then maybe there's an opportunity for you there. So, uh, so get off, get off the coach and, uh, Save up some bucks. If you have to, pay your way over. Contact the international baseball community. We have a placement service. Uh, if you uh, want to do it yourself then, then all that information about all the state league clubs is on the website at internationalbaseballcommunity.com. And, uh, yeah, looking forward to hearing from you. And if not, we'll catch you on episode number 47. Take care, everybody.